helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled Joseph the Retired Civil Servant and it is really a show about the retirement blues. A study published in the Journal of Population and Aging found that those who were retired were twice as likely to report symptoms of depression. Another study found that in retirement, symptoms of depression actually increased by about 40%. And uh, very sadly, another study showed that suicide rates for men are highest among those aged 75 and older. And so we have these studies that are showing that what's happening in the retired population is not what is generally portrayed in the media and in the general society where we have this idea that retirement is bliss and that many people go into retirement and they're living the best years of their lives. But it is actually the opposite. Many people suffer from what I call the retirement blues. So in this show today, I'm going to be setting the record straight by talking about the prevalence of retirement blues And I've already touched on that, but I also want to talk about some of the factors that lead to retirement blues. And in next week's show, I'm going to be looking at specific things that can be done if you're suffering from the retirement blues. So it will come as no surprise if you're a faithful listener to this show that I will be using a biblical personality to illustrate the points that I will make in today's show. By the way, I want to thank... Those of you who have left positive reviews on our YouTube channel about our two-part series that we did on how to overcome shyness. And for that series, we had used King Saul's shyness to illustrate the topic. But for today's show, we will be using Joseph of the Old Testament to illustrate this point of retirement blues. Now, this might come as a surprise to many of you, and you may be wondering, how am I going to tie this into the biblical narrative? Where do I see Joseph as a retired civil servant in the book of Genesis? Now, we often remember Joseph as the young boy wearing a coat of many colors or as the man who refused to compromise his morals by running away from the sexual advances of Potiphar's wife and as the man who rose to power in Egypt and was second only to the Pharaoh. However, we seldom think of him as the retired civil servant who was forgotten during his retirement years. I know this may seem seem strange to many of you, but bear with me as I present scriptural facts to show that he was a forgotten man in retirement despite his accomplishment and fame during his work in life. We know from the Genesis narrative that Joseph was a hard-working and astute employee in Egypt. During the seven years of famine, it was his ingenuity 
that led to an abundance of food supplies and prosperity in Egypt, while all the nations around were suffering from severe famine. It was because of his brilliance as a strategist and a and a God give a person with God given foresight that Egypt remained prosperous during the time of famine. And this was what led to him, his success led to him being promoted to be second in rank only to the Pharaoh in Egypt. However, it would appear from a careful reading of the narrative in Genesis chapter 50 that Joseph had become a forgotten man a forgotten civil servant who no longer had access to to Pharaoh and the position and power that he once had. Now, this is not immediately obvious from a surface reading of the biblical text, but as we piece together pieces of the puzzle from the book of Genesis and from Exodus, it will become evident that Joseph was a forgotten man in Egypt. What would that be like for Joseph to have given so much of his life and heart to work for the Egyptian leadership and then to be cast aside after he was advanced in years and no longer able to work? Was he disappointed with how he was treated? Did he become depressed? Was he bitter? Was he angry at God for the injustice that came his way? Did he feel there was a sense of injustice in how he was treated by the people that was close to him? We may never know the answers to these questions, but there is one thing I do know, and it is that many retired workers who have poured their hearts and souls into working for organizations have these feelings. They feel forgotten and they suffer from retirement blues. Many feel they have no more purpose in life as their identity was tied to the work that they did and the success and recognition that came from it. Some professions are more prone to having people attached to this sense of identity. It's more so for people who work in uniforms and who who have this, this immediate recognition by the kind of clothes that they wear. But it's not limited. Other people, even in government, can have this sense of identity that's attached to their work. So many feel they have no purpose in life as their identity was tied to the work that they did and the success and recognition that came from it. One of my retired clients battling depression after retiring said many years ago, the hardest job I ever had is retirement. He said this as he reflected on the lack of purpose and the lack of interaction with customers he was experiencing in his retirement years. Materially, he was very successful. He had more money than he could ever spend, but emotionally, he was a pauper. Emotionally, he was suffering. 
This show is not just for retired people today, but for everyone, as we will all retire one day if we live long enough. And it, this show is for everyone also because the attitude that we have to our work today and the place we allow it to take in our lives can lead to retirement blues in the future. Let us now go back to putting the pieces of the puzzle together to show that Joseph was a forgotten employee. The pieces that show that he was forgotten in retirement, that he was a, a forgotten man who no longer was in the limelight and no longer had access to the throne of the pharaohs. And I should say before we look at those pieces that one of the reasons that we miss the, these interesting facts in, in reading the book of Genesis is that we read chapter 50 as if everything happened in quick succession. For example, this chapter of 26 verses, of only 26 verses, records the death of Jacob and the death of Joseph. You know that Jacob was Joseph's father, so it, it records both the death of the father and the son. However, we know from the ages given in the book of Genesis and from the timeline recorded in the book of Genesis that Joseph was 56 when his father died and he was 110 when he himself died. This means that 54 years had passed between the death of Jacob and the death of jo Joseph. A lot can change politically in 54 years, and apparently a lot did change. At the beginning of chapter 50, Jacob's father got the equivalent of a state funeral in which a large procession of Egyptians and his family members escorted his body back to his homeland. With the procession of his body, he got this elaborate funeral only because of one reason, because of the position that his son Joseph held in Egypt. Joseph was a statesman, as I said before, second in rank only to Pharaoh. So when his father died, his, he, his father got a state funeral based on the position that his son held. However, what is strange in the narrative is that when we read of Joseph's death, we see that there was no dignitary funeral. There was no state funeral given to Joseph. And whereas dignitaries and members from the Egyptian hierarchy took his father's body home, Joseph asked his brothers to take his body home when Quote, God delivered them out of Egypt. And, jo and Joseph said in chapter 50, verse 25, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. This verse is loaded with information if we consider it carefully. Firstly, Joseph talks about God coming to their aid. This implies that the brothers were already enduring hardship in Egypt. Secondly, Joseph saying, 
God will come to their aid and then they should bring his bones out implies that they could not freely leave Egypt at the time. Slavery may have already begun to set in at that time. As we come to the book of Exodus, we will see that the Egyptians uh, enslaved the Israelites and they were not able to leave Egypt. God had to intervene to get them to, to leave. So it would seem that Joseph, by, by saying, God will come to your aid and then you can bring my body out, might already be implying, that statement might already been, be implying that they were not as free to leave as they could before. Joseph would have asked them to, asked to be buried in the family plot in his homeland with his mother and father as Jacob did when he was dying. When Jacob was dying, his entire family and the dignitaries of Egypt carried his body uh, to the funeral plot of the family in their homeland. So something must have happened that made Joseph not choose to be married, to be buried, I should say, in the family plot. Thirdly, there is a hint of negativity in Joseph's Voice. We hear Joseph referring to Egypt not by name, but calling it displace. I'll read it again. Quote, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. This term, this place, is similar to, we all know the Bill Clinton statement referring to Monica Lewinsky as that woman. She was no longer Monica Lewinsky to him, but she became that woman when she started exposing the things that were happening in their affair. So it seemed that there was something happening here uh, with Joseph in Egypt, that Egypt was no longer this place of endearment to him, but it is this place. God will surely take you out of this place. So how could things have changed so drastically? The answer is that there was a change in Pharaoh between Jacob's death and Joseph's death. Exodus 1 verse 8 tells us, Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. That's a very powerful statement. This man that has worked so hard, to bring prosperity to Egypt. He's, he's the, the main reason why Egypt remained successful because of his vision that God gave him of the seven years of, of famine that was coming. He was able to store up grain to, to make Israel feed the nations around and, and by extension become prosperous from the revenue that they took in. This same Joseph the Bible tells us in Exodus 1 verse 8 that a new king came in power that to whom Joseph meant nothing. Historians tell us that there was a change in Pharaoh during Joseph's lifetime. He, this, he most likely began his career under Sesotris III, who reigned from 1878 to 1841 BCE. And Joseph lived in Egypt for 71 years. So Joseph dies in approximately 1805 under the reign of Amenhotep III. 
And so uh, Heminet III ruled from 1841 to 1797 BCE. And so Joseph is caught in the midst of this political change, and he's now under the leadership of someone to whom his achievement meant nothing. And that's a very powerful statement. Many employees suffer from a similar change in leadership today. New CEOs comes in who has no idea that the company that they are running and earning their big salary from was built on the blood, sweat, and tears of retired employees. These employees become forgotten heroes like Joseph, many of whom die without even a card from the company that they once built when they were in their working years. We could do more as a country, I think, to honor retired employees. And I think this would go a far way into helping them to maintain their sense of identity. But like Joseph, many uh, retirees become forgotten. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the live transformation show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been using Genesis 50, 24 to 26 to speak on the topic, Joseph, the Retired Civil Servant. You can find out more about us at elamcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. I know that there is a National Seniors Day, but I think there should be a National Retiree Day where retirees are honored in the same way that we honored veterans. Because in a sense, the country and the wealth that we have are built on the backs of people who retire. The wealth of Egypt was built on the back of Joseph and his visions that he got from God and his his business sense. But yet in his retirement, retirement years, there was a fairer to whom Joseph meant nothing. Many seniors suffer from a spiritual crisis, similar to what the psalmist in Psalm 77 uh, endured when he wrote, remember Remember, I remembered you, O God, and I groaned, I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promises failed for all time. Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? That is Psalm 77 verse 1 to 9. Like the psalmist, many retirees long for their former days, the days when they had a reason for getting up in the morning, the years when they had a sense of purpose, the years when they had the sense of identity and prestige. Like the psalmist, 
all they can do is remember the former days. Just as they have been forgotten by employees and friends in the workplace, they may also feel that they have been forgotten and abandoned by God himself. Like the psalmist, they may be asking, has his promises failed for all times? Has God's promises failed for all times? You see, many retirees have bought into the lies of society that an early retirement with lots of money and lots of money will give you a life of bliss forever after. But research, as I pointed to earlier, shows that many are retirees, despite the large incomes that they have in this prosperous country, are depressed. And many that I have seen who come in for counseling are bitter at God as a result of their of their suffering. Because many of these people have worked, they have served God, they have paid their tithing all their lives, and they have this sense that life did not pan out to be what they expected. Retirement was not this bliss that they expected it to do. Next, many retirees also suffer from isolation after retirement. Working with others provide them with daily social interactions that served as a buffer against depression. Many of these retirees have children who have moved away to other cities they, they may, that they may see at best once every few months. Others have spouses who have passed away, and as a result, they end up alone and depressed in retirement. I also want to make the point that Joseph seemed to have been estranged from his sons at the time of his death, which could have led him to be feeling isolated as well. Again, you have to read between the lines and look deeper into what has been said to to see this fact. Let me just point out how I come to this conclusion. When Joseph was about to die, we are told that he called his brothers to his bedside and not his sons. When Isaac was about to die, he called his sons. When Jacob was about to die, he called his sons. But when Joseph was about to die, he called his brother. So his grandfather and his father had this tradition of calling their sons to their bedsides. But Joseph, during his last days on this earth, didn't call for his sons. He called for his brothers. What could have happened to his relationship with his sons did they did was they ta- were they taken away to a different part of egypt did they become assimilated into the egyptian culture so they were more considered egyptians and not slaves because they were born there this could have been a reason behind the estrangement where uh, joseph had to call and his brothers to 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 discuss his final arrangements. Retirement is also a time when we become more conscious of our mortality. When Joseph called his brothers to his bedside, his first words to them were, I am about to die. 
Now, let me just clarify this. We know from scriptures that this does not mean that Joseph was on his deathbed said, I am about to die and, you know, like hardly being able to speak and shaking because he is he's breathing his final breath. We know that that's not what indicated here. So, for example, when Isaac called Esau and Jacob to his bedside because he was, quote, about to die, he was still alive 20 years later when Jacob returned from living with his uncle Laban. So, although Jacob's death is recorded two verses later than when he called his brothers to his bedside, he could have lived for many years after this. The point Joseph is making here is that I am, ad- I am advanced in years and I am conscious that I do not have many, many years to live on the face of this earth. What Joseph is saying is that I am more conscious of my mortality now than ever before because of how old I am. And so he's making these funeral arrangements. Retirement is when we are aware that we have fewer years in the future than we have behind us. And this can be a depressing thought for many. Many people go into a state of depression when they think that their life is drawing to a close. How are you coping with thoughts of your mortality? If you're in retirement, I'm speaking to you today. How are you dealing with this fact that one day you are not going to be alive? That that day is approaching and it is nearer than it was at the t- much nearer than it was at the time of your birth how are you coping with thoughts of your mortality retirement doesn't have to result in the retirement blues and you don't need to remain depressed if you are in next week's show how to overcome the retirement blues i will be giving concrete steps on how to get out to avoid the retirement blues and how to get out of it if you find yourself depressed in retirement. Joseph suffered from many things that could have made him depressed and bitter against God, but it seemed his trust in God was intact to the very end. What were the secrets of Joseph's success? Please tune in next week as we explore some of Joseph's secrets and some of the principles for staying emotionally healthy during retirement. Like the psalmist in Psalm 77, you too can get to a point where you can say, Your ways, God, are holy. Despite what you have been through, you can get to that place where you said, Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who perform miracles. You display your power among your peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. That's a reading from Psalm 77, verse 13 to 15. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show and take this opportunity to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. If you are listening to this show via our YouTube channel, remember to subscribe so that you can be notified of new shows. 
If you are listening on air and have missed parts of this show and want to listen to it in its entirety, or if you have tuned in late to this this radio station, you can listen to this show in its full form on our YouTube channel by searching Elam Counseling Services in YouTube. If you would like counseling for any mental health or couple-related issue, we can be reached to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also want to take this opportunity to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization that counts on your financial support to continue providing our unique Christian psychotherapy brand of counseling and to continue to produce Bible-based mental health podcasts such as this one. Until next week, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.